Amen. If we were all together, we'd have people raising their hands and praising God, and we are doing that in this room. It's impressive to me how powerful uh, the songs are. Even though there are just a few people in this room, we know that we're singing to God. Hope. The English poet Alexander Pope wrote, Hope springs eternal in the human breast. Man never is, but always to be blessed. But I have this question. Where does man turn when the hope dries up? The director of a medical clinic told a terminally ill young man uh, to come in for his usual treatment. The new doctor who was on duty said to him casually and cruelly, You know, sir, don't you, that you won't live out the year. As the young man left, he stopped by the director's desk and cried, and he said, That man, that doctor, took away my hope. And then the director said this to him, I guess he did. Maybe it's time for you to find new hope. Maybe it's time for us as a generation, as a congregation, as a world, to rediscover hope. Not the hope that we used to believe in. Not the hope what could have been, what might have been, or what should have been. But the hope what can be. The Bible teaches clearly that hope is the way to go. So I read about this, and I read a, a person who made a commentary about this. His name was Lewis Meads. He read about this story, and here's what he responds to about this story, this, this, this statement. He said, is there hope when hope is taken away? Is there hope when the situation is hopeless? And that question leads us to this question. Where does a Christian go for hope? He goes to the Bible. He goes to the Word of God. This is a book of hope. And it brings this question to us. When we look for hope, we realize this when we read the Bible, that hope is no longer a passion for the possible, but hope is a passion for the promise. That's what we have. We don't have something that we just guess for, that's some kind of fairy tale, but we have a promise that hope is there. We have a hope in a Redeemer. A hope, and when you approach Psalm Palm Sunday, we realize that we have a hope in a Redeemer that's there. And the whole story of Palm Sunday, which is in John chapter 12, you'll see it in just a second, is this, that, that Jesus came to give hope. And the reason they were screaming Hosanna and yelling Hosanna and putting the palm trees out there, bushes out there, was because they believed that hope had arrived. And when we bring Jesus back into our church, when we bring Jesus back to our nation, when we bring Jesus back to homes and families, when we bring Jesus back to the world, when we bring Jesus back to the hope of hearts, then hope becomes real. It is a promise. Johnny Erickson Tata said it like this, The best we can hope for in this life is a knothole peak at the shining realities ahead. Yet a glimpse is enough. It is enough to convince our hearts that whatever sufferings or sorrows that cruelly assail us are not worthy of comparison to that which waits for us over the horizon. There is another day. And a Christian, we don't have hope just in these bodies. We have hope in the resurrection. In fact, when they had the uh, Palm Sunday, when they were there screaming out Hosanna, they were sharing the hope of, of these truths. A hope that this Redeemer, Jesus, could raise the dead. Isn't that a great hope? The end of people's life should not be a grave. It should be a door to the eternal life that has come. We had, they had hope that, that Jesus would come, and you see this in the chapter, that he would erase their doubts. There are always doubters out there. They had hope that he would become their deliverer. 
If you have a Bible and you're at home or in this room, look to John chapter 12. I want to just share a few verses with you. John chapter 12. It says this in the, this, the anointing of Jesus at Bethany, chapter 12, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was and one, the one that Jesus had raised from the dead. So this was a great victory. Lazarus was there. So they, the family gave a dinner for Jesus there, and Martha was serving them, which was typical her style. And Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with Jesus. What a great victory this was. The resurrected Savior was by the resurrected one that Jesus spoke to come forth. Then Mary took a pound of uh, perfume, pure and expensive nard, and anointed Jesus' feet and wiped it with her hair. So the house was filled with fragrance and perfume. Then one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was the one who was about to betray him, said, Why wasn't this perfume sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but he, because he was a thief. He was in charge of the money bag and would steal part of that was put in there. And Jesus said to Judas, Leave her alone. She has kept it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me with you. And a large crowd there of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, and they came not only because of Jesus, but they wanted to see Lazarus just to look and see about this one who was raised from the dead. And then the Bible says in verse 10, but the chief priests had decided to kill Lazarus also because he was the reason many people were departing from the faith. And we go right out of that into the shouts of Hosanna when Jesus comes into the city. I want to share with you a few principles today as you watch, as you listen today. We have hope in a Redeemer that can raise the dead. The Bible says the one who had raised from the dead was raised from the dead was there. Lazarus was dead, but he was alive. Jesus alone provides hope of life beyond the grave. The message of this world is this. Here's what the world says. Enjoy your life. Live all the gusto you want. In fact, one person wrote it like this. In this life, have a blast while you last because it's coming to an end. But the message of the Redeemer the message of the Savior is different. The message of redeeming hope is to discover this, that there is life beyond death. There is life beyond the grave. And this is why they were shouting Hosanna. The Redeemer has showed up, shown up to the city. Palm Sunday was six days before the Passover. It's a message about Christ's hope. And we would say this to each of us today, that we can look to religion, and you can hear the bells from all the steeples play this morning, but if, if religion alone stays as religion and doesn't produce a relationship with Christ, it is not hope. Hope is not in a church building. Hope is not in a, in a hymnal. Hope is not in a song. A hope is in a Savior. Hope, some people have renewal. They think, well, if I just turn over a new leaf... That I can have, that I can become a better person, and that'll give me hope. Re renewal in your life will still leave you dead at the end. We have one hope: only a relationship with Christ can raise the dead. We see this in John chapter eleven. You look at the story, follow the story of Lazarus. Lazarus died, and Jesus shows up late, but he died. Jesus delayed, but he was always on time. Then Lazarus was buried. And then Lazarus was raised. I am so thankful that as a preacher of funerals that I can quote this verse at every, almost every funeral and do it with confidence and joy. Jesus said in John chapter 11, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never, ever die. Hope in Jesus that can raise the dead. We have hope in Jesus, our Redeemer. 
We have a hope in a few things. You look at this text here, we hope that Jesus knows us. When you look at the story of Lazarus, just a, a one chapter before this, we hope that Jesus knows us. In fact, it's, the Bible says when Jesus showed up at the, the grave of Lazarus, he said these words, Lazarus, come forth. It's been written by more than one preacher that's a good thing he said Lazarus because had he just said come forth, all the graves would have opened. <laughs> come forth. We have hope that he hears us. He heard Mary and Martha. And, and Jesus was, was big enough to stand up to their questions. Why were you late? If you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. He was hoped to, to, to handle their discussion, their doubts and their denial. He was hoped, but he knew Mary and Martha. And he knows you, and he knows your questions, and he can answer your heart. We have hope that he can heal us. You say, well, how did he heal Lazarus? Lazarus died. Well, think about it like this. We don't know what the Bible says. What caused Lazarus' death? The Bible doesn't say other than this. It says that some sickness brought him to death. And let me just say this. Everybody's going to die from some sickness. And there's no hope. There's some sickness that's going to get everybody. Everybody's going to die. You're going to die from something. Somebody said to me one time, no, you don't die from that. You just die from old age. Old age is a sickness. Can I get that? <laughs> you can outlive your days, you know. What caused him to die? The Bible says just sickness. Great news, though. Jesus can heal our sickness. Our greatest sickness in the world is sin sickness. And the greatest destiny of man that scares everybody crazy is that one day your sicknesses will lead you to death. But Jesus alone can heal us from our sentence of death. In the face of death, we have this promise in Romans 6.23, for the result of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have that hope. Mankind needs a Redeemer. And then we need Him now. We've always needed a Redeemer, and we'll need Him tomorrow. And when we come out of this coronavirus, we're going to still need a Redeemer because mankind is lost. Mankind is confused by sin, and we're going to die. Mankind has always needed a Redeemer. Job, one of the oldest texts in the Scripture, says this. Job, as he looked about the Redeemer, here's what he said in Job chapter 19, verse 25. Job said this, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and He'll stand to the end. And he said, and even after my skin is destroyed, yet I will see God in my flesh. That's the hope of a Redeemer. We have a Redeemer that can raise the dead. He did for Lazarus. He'll do it for you. I grew up in Oak Cliff and then moved to DeSoto, Texas and joined a church out there. Became a part of a church where the pastor was known as the preaching poet. He was the poetry of preaching. Poetry that preached. He preached poetry. And uh, did you get that out? We can't add to this out, can we? Uh, he preached and used poems almost in every sermon. One of the ones he used I loved. And it goes like this. Come forth is the title of it. Before the tomb Christ stood one day and dried the people's tears away. And he spoke forth in mighty voice that made Judeans' hills rejoice. Come forth. Inside the tomb Christ lay one morn. Defeated seemed salvation's horn, but God the Father spoke the word, and this he said, though no man heard, come forth. Inside the tomb of sin I lay, the price of sin I had to pay, but Christ the raiser of the dead spoke to my poor bound soul and said, Jerry Hayes, come forth. And when that great and final sound shall raise our loved ones from the ground, it will be the last time we will hear that glorious sound upon our ear. Come forth. I want to say to all those listening, 
we have a redeemer that can call you out of the grave that can give you eternal life the palm sunday the hosannas was about having a hope and a redeemer that can erase our doubts Verse 4 says when Mary had anointed Jesus after that, that there was one person, Judas, uh, the disciple who was going to betray Jesus. There was always a doubt of there. Uh, he, didn't, he was around the people, but he was around the disciples, but he wasn't a true believer. He was a doubter. And doubters show up in every situation. I think all of you in agree, you have doubters about this whole situation we're facing as a country. They're doubters about how we're doing church. They're doubters about how we're running the government. They're doubters how we're doing our hospitals. There's doubt out there. We, our world is full of doubt. What we need is hope. Doubters show up in every situation. And doubters showed up there. The doubters were always around Jesus. And they're in the church. As well as outside the church. Look at the people that doubted as Jesus approached Palm Sunday. Look at their doubts. First, they doubted that Jesus, or Judas did at least, doubted that Jesus was worthy of worship. And I would submit to you that our world is full of doubters that believe that Jesus is not worth much. And if you're hearing this message and you think that you want to, and all you have is a little bit of Jesus, and he's not worth your all, he's not worth your attention, he's not worth your devotion, he's not worth your sacrifice, you have a little Jesus, and you're doubting he's your God and your king. Doubters. Jesus was not worthy of worship. Judas said in verse 4 and 5, Why wasn't this perfume given to the poor? As a pastor, I get those things all the time. Why all this waste on all these buildings and all these things you're doing, all these cameras? Why waste all this music and all this property? Why waste that? Why don't we give all that to the poor? Let me just say, say and answer this. The church is one of the biggest, if not the largest, organization in the world that does something to help poor people. We do it every week. Some people say, well, well, let's do it at Thanksgiving. The church that I know and the church I work in, we help people every week. We help poor people. The church is about that. But Judas was critical. They doubted not only those who were the worth of Jesus, they doubted those who believed he's worthy. They have doubts about you. They have doubts about preachers. And sometimes, I want to say this, sometimes we as believers, sometimes my crew as preachers, we give the world something to doubt for. We need to live pure lives. We need to live holy lives. We don't need to be ridiculous. We don't need to be wild and weird. We need to be faithful and dedicated and loving and love our world and love our Savior and let the people see that. Much of our spiritual doubts in every generation, it comes from the realm of religion. The Bible says that many of the Jews became followers of Jesus. They were not doubters. And if you're hearing this, why don't you shift away from being curious and becoming a follower, a Christ follower? Why did, how did Jesus erase their doubts? Well, I, I would suggest to you that he used a visual aid. I like to use visual aids, the hope sign there. I walked in with hope. And uh, we'll leave the sign here for this whole month of series of hope. But let me say this, you can walk in carrying the sign of hope, but that doesn't mean you have hope. Hope isn't something you carry. Something is something you, hope is something you possess in your heart. You have hope. How did Jesus erase their, erase their doubts? He did it by using a visual aid. And his first visual aid was this. He actually had one prior to this, but his visual aid in this story was Lazarus. He said, let me show you. Here's a dead guy. He was in a grave. He's alive. One day, all the people who denied the power of the resurrection, when the graves are open in that great getting up morning, they will see all the graves open, and they'll say, I should have believed. I should have believed, and I could have believed. This man was changed. But he did this prior to this in John chapter 9. 
You remember the story of the man who was born blind and Jesus touched him and healed him. And all the people around him started doubting. Well, you just had some kind of emotional experience. How, how, did, this, how did this man make you see? And who was this man? And rem- remember the blind man's story? He said this to the doubters and to the, 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 the rejectors. I don't know everything. I don't know everything about the man. But one thing I know, this man, Jesus Christ, I was blind and he made me see. And I would think maybe this is a good time with what is going on in our world that's caused people to say, maybe I should open my eyes back up to Jesus. Maybe I can see him fresh in a new way. Maybe you're hearing this and you haven't been in church in a long time and you wish you'd come back. You can't come now, but there'll be a day you can come back because you want to see Jesus in your life again. Something, sometimes God takes away our darkness and removes our doubts by raising the darkness with his light. Sometimes all we need to make a dark room seeable and, and passable and discoverable is a little bit of light. In the Peanuts cartoon strip, Charlie Brown tells Lucy, I got straight A's, isn't that great? And Lucy says, Charlie, I will not believe you. I will never believe you until you can show it to me on your report card. She's a doubter. There was another man in John's gospel who was a doubter, his name was Thomas. He says, I'll not believe unless I can touch, unless I can see the wounds of Jesus that he's raised from the dead. I'll not believe unless I can see him with our own eyes. In John chapter 20, Jesus came to that doubting Thomas. And here's what he said to Thomas. Thomas, come close. Come close. Maybe we're here today in this situation where God is calling all of us not close back to the church, not close back to our relationships with other people, but Jesus has an intention of bringing us back close. Come close to me. When we need God, we find God is there. Jesus has a hope for the Redeemer. He's a Redeemer who can erase our doubts. Then Jesus, as our Redeemer, gives us hope that he can become our Deliverer. Verse 13, if you advance forward in the chapter, it says, They kept shouting, Hosanna. You couldn't shut them down. And I, I, I think it's just really sad that sometimes difficulties make people stop praising God. Difficulties make people stop believing in God and stop praising and worshiping God. But the Bible says they kept shouting. And what were they shouting? Here's what they were shouting. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. They were shouting, Hosanna. If you break down and look at the definition of this, the definition is of Hosanna, is in the Greek, is to save or rescue. What were they saying? We need a Savior. And they were praising God we have a Savior. I have good news for everybody in the world that hears this message. We need a Savior, and we have a Savior who God gave us, His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus came to rescue sinners. Not just to rescue them, save them. I look at all those doubters and those people out there we talked about earlier. There are people who say about Jesus, well, I believe in Jesus that he's a good teacher. I believe that Jesus was a good man. I believe he was a miracle worker, that he had some power over sickness. But the big question is, is Jesus your Savior? See, it's one thing to say Jesus is a Savior. It's a complete different thing to say Jesus Christ is my Savior. Is he your Savior? The psalmist said it like this. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, where I seek refuge and find it. 
God is your rock. He's your redeemer. Notice how Christ delivers us. He delivers us from the destruction of life. He saves us from the things that destroy our life. And the big destruction that we face is death. Jesus talks about the situations in life. And later on in verse 25, he talks about he who, he who hates his life and will find it. He who loses it will, will find it, will lose it. And he who finds his life will find it. Let's look at that verse in, in John 12, 25. It's a great verse we need to get down to make sure we get this message clear. The one who loves his life will lose it. The one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. What was he saying? Jesus was saying this. A selfish life is headed for disaster. I would think that one thing that kind of you see all out in the horizon now is people are looking away from themselves and looking how they can find others. I've had phone calls. People say, does anybody need groceries? Can I, anybody need a visit? And you see this on television. You see people, organizations, just really responding wonderfully, trying to help people. There's something about having a surrendered life. Jesus was saying a selfish life was headed for disaster, but a sacrificial life is headed for blessings and growth. And Jesus delivers us, not from the destruction of life, but from the darkness of life. Jesus said it like this, while you, while you have the light, you know, walk in the light. Make sure that darkness doesn't overtake you. The one who walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going. And I would think this is happening in our world today. Make sure we find the light. Make sure we find the wonderful light of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 8, verse 12. He who follows me will never walk in darkness. Did you understand that? Never walk in darkness. There's a wonderful song we used to sing in church a lot. It was written by a guy named Philip P. Bliss. And he writes it like this. The whole world is lost in the darkness of sin. The light of the world is Jesus. Like sunshine at noonday, his glory shone in. The light of the world is Jesus. Then he makes this appeal. Come to the light. It's shining for you. Sweetly the light has dawned upon me. Once I was blind, but now I can see. The light of the world is Jesus. Today, we find our hope that's eternal in the Redeemer, Jesus Christ. We find our hope and rest in Him. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, as we conclude our service and think about uh, what the message means today is we have hope. And the light on hope on the sign is that Jesus lights up the word, word hope for our world. Help us to get that and to get the message and get it straight. Help us to do our best as a community to respond to the way we should respond to these challenging and changing times. But mainly, Lord, help us to rediscover hope, our hope in Jesus Christ. This is our prayer we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Brian's going to come and share some announcements.